Hi there, we are Felipe and Rafael, and you are listening to Tech Source. In this podcast, we will mostly talk about technology, software, hardware, and multimedia, including but not limited to cameras, editing, workflows, photography, and sensors. In this episode, we will be discussing the powerful language processing tool known as ChatGPT and the potential concerns society may have with its usage. ChatGPT, developed by the team at OpenAI, is a state-of-the-art language model that allows users to generate human-like text based on given prompts. It has been hailed as a revolutionary tool for a wide range of applications, from chatbots and virtual assistants to content generation and language translation. However, as with any powerful technology, there are potential concerns that must be addressed. One such concern is the potential for bias in the text generated by ChatGPT. While the tool itself is not biased, it is important to remember that the output it generates is a reflection of the input it receives. If a large number of people use ChatGPT to generate text, it is possible that common and biased patterns of communication could emerge. It is important for society to be aware of this potential issue and to take steps to mitigate it. By being mindful of the input we provide to ChatGPT and the output it generates, we can ensure that the tool is used in a responsible and ethical manner. Join us in this episode as we explore the capabilities and potential concerns of ChatGPT and what we can do to ensure its responsible use. Absolutely. It's Raf here. That was a long text, right? And you know what? This intro was written by ChatGPT. So the prompt we gave to the machine was write a podcast intro talking about ChatGPT and the concerns society may have with its usage. Say the tool itself is not biased, but when everybody starts using, it may result in common and biased communication from people to their audiences. Which brings, which brings us to an interesting story. Like everybody says that the machine is not biased and this and that. Although there were some proofs that it is, like some people told that, but theoretically the machine is not biased. But what we believe is that if everybody starts using, the potential of generating randomness is it's limited. There is even a button that says uh, try again and it generates similar uh, things. So it all depends on the prompt you write, right? So what are your thoughts, Felipe, regarding this bias? Well, thing? machines are not biased, sure, but who programs machines? And what does machines run on? They run on software that humans write. So one thing that has happened in the past is that we are writing our own biases into software. It happened to Microsoft. They put a chatbot online and within less than 24 hours, it was super racist and bigot, <laughs> and they had to take it offline. Uh, the, the, that chatbot was based on a language processing of, uh, I, I don't know, a 10-year-old or a 13-year-old, uh, and immediately became racist. And that's because of the way people were inputting information and where it was getting information from, right? So... I think the yeah. very first concern, I don't, I don't think the concern anymore, it, it, it's not anymore technology. And if we can do it, it's where the data is coming from and what type of 
models we yeah. want to to train these AIs on. Yeah, we are assuming our audience are made of people that understands technology, and we are assuming they already know what ChatGPT is, right? So uh, you said on the paragraph, it's a tool developed by OpenAI, but there are some examples of where ChatGPT is shining, and I found myself using it as a search engine, like recently, for things that I know that a traditional search engine would struggle on giving me, I just go to ChatGPT and put it there, like some more refined usages, for example. So, for example, uh, if you if you input which engine Opera browser uses, right? So a traditional search engine would rely on someone have have having posted that on Stack Overflow or something to give you that result. The big ability is that ChatGPT Chat can answer you that out of the box. Yeah, right? and the thing is, look, searching for something on Google doesn't guarantee that you find the correct answer, right? First, you need, you need to go through tons of trash. It's the same thing with looking, hey, how do I fix, I don't know, a, a, a vacuum robot? And you look for that on the internet. And first, you're going to need to... <laughs> the, the first thing that you find is someone that just bought it and is opening for the first time, and they are teaching you how to uh, fix the robot yourself, right? So they don't have more knowledge than you do. So you need to navigate through so much content like that. And with ChatGPT, in a way, that content is has been curated in, in one way or another. Uh, that is not necessarily um, extremely accurate. So, for example, things that you that you that people are not mentioning and they are posting online about ChatGPT, they are posting ChatGPT uh, answering questions such as, "Hey, write me a Python script that does this, this, and that." But the very first line that ChatGPT answers is, "I am not trained on any programming language." So that's the very yeah. first thing it says. And then it says, but here is a possible code that you could use to do that. Yeah. On the other hand, uh, I, I remember you said you're learning Swift, right? And chat GPT, GPT can be interesting because if you, if, you, if you put a piece of code, a simple one, I, I believe it will not be able to figure out hard and complex algorithms. But if you have a code that does not compile and you put a line of the code in there and ask what is the problem within the following whatever Python or C Sharp or Swift code, and then you put the code and then it will tell you. So, for example, we have a prompt here where we did exactly that with a for loop var equal var i equals zero, i minus i minor than five, i plus equals zero, then a statement inside. Uh, curly braces and then it precisely answered like the problem with the code snippet is that the loop condition will always evaluate to true causing the loop running definitely so the the, the evaluation of what chat gp gp i struggle every time i say chat gpt uh, the evaluation of what it does is it, it really shines right and there are, it's always also useful for regular expressions, you know, regexes, like with these complex syntaxes. Sure, you but can, this is that, uh, that type of thing that should be, and in, in, in a lot of ways is already integrated in your 
code writing application, right? For example, Xcode. Uh, if it's on Swift and you write th that for loop there, it will throw you uh, an error. It will give yeah. you some yeah. error. Yeah, but but it 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 doesn't give you how to fix in many times. And the it intelligence, give you the human language of explaining yes. exactly why it's not working, right? Which is the problem. Yes. I've seen people saying like, write uh, Python code that does that. And to be honest, the output from ChatGPT was pretty poor. It had like 98% comments. And the, the part of the code that usually did something was was poor. It was optimized for somehow, but it was it was not it was not uh complex, right? In terms of what you prompt the machine to do and what it returns. It does, it does pretty good job on read-only. When you ask for advices, when you input something, well, this is not working. Tell me what I should do to fix. Then it helps you. You right? sent me you sent me a poem. Uh, yeah, the other about day. our I friendship. Up, I woke up, there was like this poem on Telegram. And I read it, it was like, whoa, did he drink and uh, he's feeling very nostalgic or yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so like, let me tell you something. My mother is becoming that person that complains that I don't call her, and I call her every day. So I asked ChatGPT to do a poem, and I sent her. And like, especially elders and old people that are not into technology, uh, people will be very affected by this, uh, I assume. Because my mother was in tears, like, oh, you wrote this poem for me, thank you very much. And I was honest with her. I I told her like, oh, it's a new it's a new computer program that does oh that. God, but I am always you, thinking about you, you mom, and everything. But just just a test, just like conducting like some experiments. No, sure. Tell her the poem. It, just don't tell her that it wasn't you. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, she knows I love her anyway. But there are. Do you remember a movie called Her, where uh, a writer develops an unlikely relationship and Scarlett with Johansson. an operating system? Yes, yeah. Of course. I don't recall the end of the movie, and even though I did, I wouldn't say here to avoid spoilers. But and I, I need to watch that movie again. And I remember, I remember having that exact same conversation with a friend like eight years ago, maybe, or seven years ago about like, do you think the future of humanity will be like her? And I remember him saying like, no, not at all. I think machines will not get there. Well, seven or eight years later, we have ChatGPT, which is, which gives you the exact condition of someone that is maybe depressive or or more vulnerable to relationships, being in love hey, with look, this look. machine. Put this, integrate this into a, a voice synthesizer like Siri or exactly. Alexa that that sounds very natural already. If you if you put this conversational skill into Siri, suddenly you're having a very different relationship with with your technology. Second, you could have an application that is trained on self-help. So you could mm -hmm. have a, an application that is like her. You're talking, you're not needing to use prompts to say, hey, this pro name ChatGPT. No, you can have a one-to-one -one conversation, and I think this will be very amazing. I mean, uh, I, I've been playing with ChatGPT, everything from OpenAI, right? So ChatGPT, Whisper, and Stable Diffusion. The mm -hmm. three of them are revolutionary in so many different ways. They bring one specific task, Whisper with transcripts, ChatGPT with uh, basically a conversational bot, 
and Stable Diffusion creating images or editing images. Yeah. And something I you just yeah, need, go ahead. you just need to extrapolate what you can do once you use those projects and apply to actual problem solving applications. Yeah. Something I just thought. The 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 bot does a great job on shortening text. So if you have like four big paragraphs of text and you give them to the machine and ask, make this shorter, it will build a very interesting summary. And you know how these YouTube videos, they they have 25 minutes in length to say something that should be, should be said in like one minute? I was thinking on developing like something that gets the SRT, <laughs> the, the caption files, and like a browser extension where you click and it, it downloads the SRT, it inputs to the machine, make this shorter and populates a, a, a brief paragraph for you so you don't have to watch through tens of minutes of videos now. <laughs> to get the information you're looking for. That could be an interesting paradigm. The information could be basically extract information X from the following paragraphs and give yeah. me a summary. And yeah. this would be very interesting. It would now, yeah. now, now imagine that you put that together with a video editor based on text that basically mm -hmm. will create for you a supercut of that video. Because yeah. that technology already exists for you to do a paper edit and apply to video, for example, with this script.com. Yeah. You know, another application that I was thinking that is not a straight out of the box with uh, the, the overall usage of ChatGPT, which is a, a text box that you input things. Like, think with me. Imagine you have a video game engine that is capable of building whatever scenario is needed. Like, if you want... Uh, old school uh, Texas bang bang scenario, the game builds that, like Red Dead Redemption, for example. Or if you ask the machine to build you something more techy like StarCraft or, you know, this Ex Machina, these modern games, the game engine is capable of building a scenario for you because it's also fed with machine learning stuff like ChatGPT. So imagine you have that. You have Imagine you have a game engine that is capable of building a gameplay gameplay mechanics that does not break and builds the graphics and the sprites and everything around you to create a game. Now imagine also the script of the game based on that. You can have something that looks like a game that kind of mimics real life, which gives you the aspect of being non a non-predictable future and a game that tailors the next steps based on the current gameplay that you develop. In other words, a game that does not have an end, you can keep playing forever, and a game that does automatically creates new stuff for you and you play like, you know, because nowadays the games, they have an engine and the engine has all the sprites and all the scenarios and all the levels and everything. And the gameplay mechanics, uh, A button jumps, X button smashes the sword and whatever. So imagine that you have that ability on these assets creation and that ability on the scripts creation. You could have you could have some sort of matrix, right? In, right. in a game. Yeah, and, and, and that of course is on the very complex side of, of applying something like this. But you can get something not as complex, but as difficult as creatively speaking, or humanly speaking, imagine that being applied to music. 
you can mm -hmm. go into your logic session and say, hey, today I want to play a song on the style of this composer that I like, but with a twist that is a little bit more like this. And I think he, it creates the backing tracks for you or creates the, the drums for you and then says, hey, I recommend you using this instrument or this other instrument. And then you say, okay, I play, I am the vocal. So I need all instruments to be created. Uh, and then you can interact with it and say, I didn't like so much this version or the, the, this section of the song. Let's try something a little bit more upbeat. Let's try something a little bit more melancholic. And then the thing just starts creating. Uh, I, I think when we start talking about texts, books, uh, articles, and music, things that are so human in a lot of ways, I think that's when we start thinking about, okay, what's the impact that would have on, on society? Where do we, where do, where is the point or when is the point that we are obsolete or no more relevant in some of these areas? Yeah, exactly. There is a website called haveibeentrained.com. I didn't know about that website. <laughs> That tells you if a sentence like a text or an image is in one of these ML models that these machines used. So if I put Felipe Baez, for example, and press enter, it will evaluate if that term is on the Leon 5B training data, which may be one of these models that these machines use. And all I see is... Uh, a baseball player, probably his name is Felipe Baez. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar because I have a, a Google notification for my name. And every time that this guy is on the news, I receive yeah, a notification. Yeah, so probably that, that's the good thing of having a common name, right? Because machines, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good way. Like if you have a very unique name, let me put Jeff Bezos here on the search box, for example, to see if someone prompts the Jeff Bezos for the machine, it will use the person that we know as Jeff Bezos, the owner of Amazon. Because the have I been trained indicates that Jeff Bezos, the term is associated with the image of the Jeff Bezos we know on the Leon 5B training data, right? If we put Madonna, probably the same. So if you input that sentence into ChatGPT, for example, if it uses the Leon 5B, it is very likely that the machine will know more information about that specific term. Okay, now I'm so, curious to, to know, uh, there are a lot of data brokers on the internet, right? They collect mm -hmm. your information. You are giving your information in a lot of these websites out of your own desire. You don't read the terms of services, but it's there. We're going to sell your information. Hey, if you're not paying for something, you are the product. So that's mm -hmm. for example, Facebook. Mm -hmm. So if you would look for your name, which is something that you're doing now, I wonder if it would find you. But yeah. Now the check is arriving. Because everybody, oh, Facebook products are free. Google products are free. Gmail is free. I don't mind. And then that they the entire world, like since since the early 2000s, were like, ah, I don't care about this being free. I put my data. It's just my personal data. <laughs> that was an innocent thought because now the check will arrive. 
right? Now all your data is there, all your, your behavior is there publicly. You gave that to a company, the machine knows. And if someone puts your information uh, in, in one of these systems, it will be able to fetch more detailed information about you, right? If you were there. Probably, and, and probably we will need to wait the European Parliament to do something. There, it, I hope there will be mechanisms to instantly remove from the something from the training data, like self-service. You go there, I want my, my name out of it, I want my image out of it. So now another question, if we use if we use this have I been trained.com and we put our names in there and we know that our data was not there. Will it be from now on? Because we just input that to... <laughs> okay. On, on your thought about, hey, remove the data about me from your from your model. Hey, isn't that basically a, like trying to remove a memory from your head? Because if, if a model has already been trained, that model that has been trained, I don't think there are safeguards to say, hey, forget about this this piece of information because it's not necessarily using that piece of information to generate the same information is just being used to train right so for example a lot of people's faces so it knows how eyes look like knows how nose looks like knows how, how a mouth looks like but if you just don't want to collaborate and have your mouth your your eyes your nose there uh it's not gonna necessarily affect the model itself but what will be the difference of removing your data from there? Yeah. Look how interesting that is. I put a picture of my face there in the haveibeentrained.com because it also allows doing uh, searches based on the images. So I just took so a screenshot. So it has a reverse image lookup. From, it, the, it, it has an image-to-image -image comparison, and I put my image there. And luckily, I'm not there. I cannot see my face. You just provided your picture now. Yeah, but there is lots of lots of guys that looks like me. Uh, that's there is a guy that looks exactly like me. That's crazy. Like, and it's a, probably a human friend's sugar content production photo. It's crazy how it seems that this mechanism over the internet is what is connecting us all somehow. If you and and I know that because I upload YouTube videos frequently doing covers of songs, and sometimes the cover is just a rearrangement. And I get a copyright claim. Now, if a machine is inspired by someone else's job and the machine tells the user who is using ChatGPT, for example, to compose a song with XYZ lyrics or to put some chords as XYZ chords, and these chords remember or looks like, like the Beatles chords or whatever, Madonna's lyrics, it, would it be fair to have a copyright claim on that person because... The machine told the person to do something and the person did something, but what the machine indicated was, in fact, a copy of someone else's job. Because when a human right, copies but, someone else's jobs, but, you know... But the copyright is... There, there, there are a few things that are important to think there. Is one, if you're thinking that you're performing an original piece, you should have the copyright to perform that original piece in any case, the copyright being from ChatGPT, let's say. Mm -hmm. uh, th that's the first thing. The second thing is when YouTube looks at the song, it's considering your performance, what you uploaded. It doesn't care what 
what you think it was before. It's just comparing your video yeah. to what they have in the database already. And if it's if it matches enough to a song from the Beatles, it's gonna say, hey, sorry about that. <laughs> Or not sorry about that. You can't. <laughs> yeah. So the reason why I said about the game script is because if you go to ChatGPT and you write something like, you are a text video game where you give me options, A, B, C, and D as my choices. And then you prompt something like, the universe is the matrix. I start out with 100 health. And then it gives you like, welcome to the matrix. You have 100 health points to start. Option A, try to escape from the matrix. Option B, fight against the agents. Option C, try to find Morpheus and join the rebellion. Option D, lay low and try to blend with the NPCs, non-playable characters. Please choose an option. And then you type C. And then it gives you another, another option, another, another question. Now, what if you input, wait, what was the right one? Right? Uh, or something like, now write a scenario of what could happen if I chose option B. This could be the engine of a game that randomly and automatically, not randomly because it's contextualized, like automatically generates the, the next level of the game or what's about to happen in the game. It's, I think, I think this will go a long way. Wow, like ChatGPT right now is the master on a Dungeons and Dragons game. It's basically. the master, exactly. It's the master of an RPG game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, the possibilities there are endless, endless. Yeah. And I think the coolest one that I can think of is the one that you already uh, mentioned before her. As soon as this is applied to voice, uh, to voice, uh, what do you call assistance, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. going to be really interesting. Honestly, imagine you need to brainstorm the idea for a video for a YouTube video mm -hmm. or something like that. And wow, well, you don't have anyone to, to talk to you at that point. Maybe it's 1 a.m. And then you can say to your assistant, what ideas do you have for a YouTube video? And it spits out some ideas and I say, ha, I liked a little bit of this one. What do you think about developing that? And you're having this conversation with it. I mean, that will be yeah. transformational, yeah. but... I think one of the implications is it's going to be make people more antisocial. Oh, absolutely. Like the movie, Her, where one aspect of the movie is that nobody talks to anybody. People exactly. are only talking with the machine, if you recall the movie correctly. So, Because question the machine is, is tailored to them exactly, right? So, yeah, they, exactly. I, I think in, in the beginning, when he's setting up the OS, uh, he has to answer some questions and those questions are made to calibrate the OS yeah. to be the type of virtual person that will appease yeah. them. And I think the question is, will we in five or seven years be talking on how good the old times where personal assistants were limited to giving you temperature and calendar were? Right, because today we are looking that as the news. Wow, ChatGPT can do wonderful things. But will we regret in mid midterm, like five years, six years, and say things like, "Well, good old times when people used it to talk to each other, and personal assistants were limited to give you the temperature and read your agenda." Right. I think the answer for that will be yes. I think people in five, six years 
will will be will be making that question as we age and young people grow up and think this is the new normal and I don't know. It's it reminds me a lot of the movie Her. I'm gonna watch that movie again tonight. Actually. Yeah. Do, do you know Do you know what type of situation we're gonna have? First of all, we're gonna have a lot more horror movies about technology. But one type of situation will be where the script you, is written by yeah, <laughs> probably. And but imagine you are you have your virtual assistants everywhere. For example, I have I probably have six HomePods at home, so it has microphones everywhere. Um, if it's not using anymore a specific prompt and you can just start a conversation with it, uh, if you call its name or something like that, imagine that at some point you are having a conversation with your with your partner and out of nowhere, your assistant starts laughing. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. what? <laughs> Sorry, that was Which is very totally capable. I didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> it is totally capable. So the chat GPT is advancing on the content part on the prompts, written prompts of request response. So that front is already kind of resolved. Now people just need other more effective ways of understanding ir irony in voices, frustration in voices, when the voice is trembling, what that means, and like sentimental analysis over audio. To mix with that, they can totally build a brain of a machine that behaves like a human being. And I think that's, that. That's, let me put it like that, that's dangerous for people that have no idea of what it is, and that's a tool for people who has domain over technology. So I think that topic will be re recursive in our, in our, in our Tax Force podcast, I think. Yeah, we're definitely going to come be... back to this, and we're going to come back to talking about stable diffusion and whisper and how all of those things evolve. For example, both of us, we're Mac users, and... Apple, just out of nowhere, came and say, hey, we made improvements to macOS 13.1 and iOS 16.2 to, to improve performance of stable diffusion on M-series chips. So suddenly you, are, you have also the biggest company, the biggest tech company in the world saying, yeah, we're going to continue to invest on, on, on making this possible. And you have our neural engines in all of our chips and they're going to get more powerful and, and, and so on. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's do the closing. In fact, I, I, I wrote the following prompt on ChatGPT right now, which is write a sentence to wrap up a podcast called TechSource where we talked about ChatGPT. Well, Thanks for tuning into TechSource, where we discussed the amazing language processing tool known as ChatGPT. We hope you learned more about its capabilities and potential concerns. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't say anything about potential concerns. <laughs> and we look forward to bringing you more exciting content in our next episodes. Until then, stay tech savvy. Whoa, did it just come <laughs> up with our closing? <laughs> exactly. Stay tech savvy. Let's adopt that as our slogan. <laughs> All right, everyone, stay tech savvy. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs>